What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast on a Friday this week. Uh, as you guys can hear, my voice is still a little shot, which you'll hear the explanation on the pod, but just could not do it this Wednesday. You guys wouldn't have been able to hear anything, but we're back, and we're getting it in right before the Giants game. So we jumped right in this week, and we talked about last week's football games. Then we made our predictions for next week. We talked, Sean had a little bit of a rant, it was quite interesting, and then we recapped our season predictions at the beginning of the year. I murdered it as expected, so follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports, and we'll be talking to you next week. What's up, everybody, and welcome into episode 273 of the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. We are here on a Friday night. Yes, a Friday night. We were delayed a couple days again, and Tom, I, I know that you were feeling under the weather yet again. Whatever you've got, it- it- you got to shake it. You-, you said that you can't be sick again, but somehow, some way, it transmitted all the way to Austin. Because <laughs> now I'm under the weather as well. But it's good to finally talk to you, man. How you doing? Um, I'm better. I have a voice now as of halfway through the day yesterday I did not even towards the end and then I woke up today with a voice I had whatever really kicked my ass a couple weeks ago um that was like I said probably the worst sickness I have to memory and then this past Sunday I woke up with a really sore throat and I've had a history of abscesses um on my tonsils to the point where a peritonsillar abscess for those for those um, you know oh, technical you. term nerds out there. Um, so those are brutal because I actually had one to the point where the ENT was like, if you didn't come in today and you went to bed, your throat would have closed up on you. So Yo. I clearly was very nervous about that happening to me again. This was like back in 2019. I think smoking has something to do with it, which I've since quit, um, and I haven't had one since. But I thought I had one. So I ended up going to urgent care and they were like, there's nothing I could do for, for you here. You're negative for strep. So I was like, yeah, I kind of figured that. I just wanted to make sure I didn't have strep. So then I went to the ER. Best experience I've ever had at an emergency room. It was in and out. It was amazing at Greenwich Hospital. No big deal. Um, no big deal. And yeah, they took a CAT scan. They put that liquid that illuminates whatever in me and they just said, you have laryngitis. And I was like... That honestly sounds like best case scenario to me. So I sounded and still sound a lot worse than I feel. Um, But given the fact that my voice was cracking and also I was losing it at certain points, I was like, it'd be funny. And I know Sean thinks I'm real sexy with the raspy voice, but Mm -hmm. it, it wouldn't have been a good podcast. So a couple days, a couple days more, and I think I can gut through this one that we're going to do a little quick one for the for the folks out there. Yeah, I agree. I mean, first of all, I had my tonsils out when I was in sixth grade because I got strep like three or four times. I wish I got them out because, you know, that's the time to get them out. They say as a kid, it's a couple day recovery. But now as an adult, uh, from everything I hear, it knocks you on your ass for like a week or two. Yeah. It's like a major surgery. It is, yeah. I didn't know about the progression as you got older, but I know my mom was like, I am not having you miss five weeks of school a year because of strep. So tough lady. Like, We're going right, to segue let's... into your mom later. I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, 
Well, we're going to talk about your trip, their trip down to the... Well, we're going to talk about the trip. Yeah, I think you could have phrased that a lot nicer, but um, no, the, the visit was very nice. It was a really, it was a really, it was a really good trip. Um, so much so that I drove, bro, more in four days than I've driven since I've moved here. I'm glad you guys like, had a good time. Just, Everything was smooth. No, no arguments, nothing. No arguments, no issues. I was completely right on my diagnosis of them having their own place to stay. You know, the majority, three of the four nights and me having my own place to go back to was a huge deal. How'd they Uh, feel about Austin in general? Oh, they loved it. Dude, the weather was great here. Like the first two days were like low to mid sixties and the last two days were like almost 80. So it was... It was awesome. We were we were all over the place. I was chauffeuring. I was able to be a real tour guide, as I kind of mentioned on the pod last time. I've lived here now a little over two years, so it was just a lot of fun and no heavy conversations. Just you know, a great overall visit. But yeah, it, it wore me down, and I felt it. I went into work on Tuesday after dropping them off at the airport, and I was like, oh no, like I, I'm already feeling pretty run down, and then. I probably didn't do myself any favor by doing like almost a two hour workout because I didn't work out for like four days, five days. Big mistake. And then Wednesday I woke up and I was like, oh boy. Yeah. And uh, it's gotten progressively worse. So by the way, everybody, just a quick preface. Tom is the one who's really battling through it, but I'm robotripping right now. I- I've been on Robitussin because I've been nice. coughing since that purple drink. the last two days. So uh, we might we might say a couple loony things, just FYI. Well, you do that when you're sober anyway, so it, I, everybody should be used to that. You know, We're going to go over our NFL predictions in a few minutes anyways. One thing I want to get in there, I'm glad you had a great trip with your parents. Happy birthday today to um, our favorite and the most recurring guest, Will Smith. Uh, hey, hey, happy birthday, Will. Yes, I would have loved to have had him on today, but we got to get this in. before. At, we're kind of trying to fit this in <coughs> short and at the buzzer because the Giants play tomorrow. So just kind of wanted to get this pod in. He will he be on in future pods. On, on, he called me. It was either Friday or Saturday. He's like, hey, when both our teams lose, I want to come on the pod on Wednesday. I was like, all right, uh, I'm about to go drive and pick up my parents from the hotel, but uh, I'll get back to you. Uh, he had terrible cell service wherever he was. Um, that kid felt the need to let me know. But That but kid loves a phone like, call. Hey, thanks for reaching out. Yeah, he really did. I, I can't like, express to you how many of my friends – not even like you're my friend. Like how many of my friends will be like, yo, your cousin called me and we talked for like 20 minutes. I'm like, yeah, dude. <laughs> I, I think he just goes down the Rolodex. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's got something to say. He's going to eventually land on somebody. Exactly. Well, I'm glad you had uh, a good time with your parents. I'm glad that went smooth. And when I said your mom was a tough lady, it was complimentary, not, not negative. So I don't want any I trouble with. No, with, I appreciate it. I was yeah, just, when you said that, I was like, Mm, yeah, so we're just transitioning into that rough relationship we have. But uh, no, you're you, you were you were right. Honestly, everything went great. So, and I'm just happy that you didn't have your throat close up on you. So yeah, that was that was huge. Um, and everybody was making such a fucking big deal about it. I'm like, it's laryngitis. I sound worse than I am. I sound worse than I am right now. I feel a thousand percent. I could go. I could run a mile, maybe walk a mile. I feel fine. Um, but I'm just, you know, it wasn't a big deal. Did it seem like a waste of a hospital trip to some people? Yes. But for me, it wasn't because of the history of abscesses. And I just, I don't want yeah. my throat to close up on me, preferably. 
that that's a fair that's a fair thing. Now you did text me and you said I can't get sick again this year. Now you've run two now in the course of three weeks. Twenty so days in. Twenty days. It's gonna be tough. Yeah, the laryngitis, I would count that as kind of like a half sickness. Again, I that's kind of a thing where you just you sound like you're dying, but you're actually like everything is pretty much fine. But yeah, I, I said I'm gonna shut it down. I don't know what it is. That's exactly what I texted you, but I'm gonna shut it down. All right. I guess we'll just well, have to f- cross our fingers and hope we don't find out, right? Yeah. Oh, 100%. I'm going to literally be doing that with my left hand as I hold my phone in my right. All <laughs> right. Um, Tom, we gotta, we're got we bearing the lead here. And and everybody, listen, we, you got to allow us to catch up. It's been quite some time. Uh, Feels like a year ago here. these games happen. It does. And I told you, I was like, I, I don't care how and whatever, but I need to talk about the Giants. I need to talk about my Giants because there's a very good chance that I was very know, supportive of it too. As you can see, I'm you here. Were. No, you you're you you are. You're you're a warrior. You're a CEO for a reason. You know, there's a good chance that twenty eight hours from now the Giants are no longer in the postseason. But for right now, I'm still basking. Tom, it's been five days. You deserve uh, it. I, I love it. Uh, I oh my god. And and just for the record you picked the Vikings to push. I picked the Vikings to win um, and cover that minus three spread last week. Uh, the Giants were so impressive. And Daniel Jones, uh, uh, my God, I, I don't know. There's not enough good things to say about him. I oh know the Vikings God. defense sucks. I know it's two. I know they faced each other twice in four weeks. I don't care. He was absolutely incredible in this game. And, I couldn't believe it. I was watching it with my parents at my place, and when when Cousins converted that fourth and eight that went three yards and realized <laughs> the Giants were going to win, I was like, let's fucking go. That's I can't your believe boy. they're playing the divisional round, man. It's my boy. Yeah, and it was it's crazy because it's one of those situations where the general consensus – actually happened it seems like everybody that was talking about it and we kind of shied away from it but everybody that was talking about it was saying i think the giants can win this game and all the reasons that they listed actually happened it was kind of a shock to see because it never really goes that way when the general public says something usually you fade it and the opposite happens and in this case and in the case of um the i mean the opposite happened with the cowboys but in this case everything that everybody was saying all the quote-unquote experts actually happened. The Giants got a lot of pressure on Kirk Cousins. Their secondary shut down Justin Jefferson. They were able to get a running game, and Danny Dimes sliced and diced and ran all over this team. And it wasn't even a—I mean, it, it was a game at the end, I guess, but it, it the Giants were in control that entire game. No, they were, and, that, and that's the thing is they they— you know, outside of the first drive where Justin Jefferson, I think, made four catches, he did nothing the rest of the game. Dalvin Cook had a good first drive. He did nothing the rest of the game. Now, they couldn't stop Hawkinson. Hawkinson had a field day on this Giants team because, again, the linebackers can't cover anybody, and Hawkinson is a really good tight end. But they got pressure on Cousins. Cousins was making plays, but I think the biggest thing was was that the Giants' offense did something I didn't expect them to do. You know, when we ran through – our three propositions of how a game could go. I said the Vikings are either going to blow them out, they're going to win another one-score game in which they were undefeated in during the regular season, or the Giants were going to find a way to keep it a low-scoring game and, and win. And it was the Giants' offense looked like a 2007-2011 Giants' offense, man. Yep. I mean, 
Everybody's saying Hodges that. Hodges and, and Slayton and Barkley only carried the ball nine times, and he only caught three passes. It was the Daniel Jones show, man. It really like was. Like you said, it was his arm and his legs, and that's all it was. They, they The Vikings defense had no answer for him. Just too many parallels to the 2017 Eli, 2017 Eli Manning being down and out all the way up to halfway through that season and then becoming um, a two-time Super Bowl champion beginning in that year and really turning his career around. And, and Danny Dimes is just showing – just this team is really showing so many parallels. you got to be excited. Um, and then from the Vikings side, I mean, this is why – as a Jets fan, it's like, I don't want Kirk Cousins, man, because, you know, he puts up the stats. They go whatever, whatever. They had 13 wins this year or something like that, and then he throws the ball fucking. You need a first down. I mean, even I could stand back there and chuck the ball beyond <laughs> the fucking chains. Whether or not it gets completed or whatever, at least I know that I would have the wherewithal to be like, all right, stand in here, take the hit, and just throw the ball as hard as I can past the fucking first down marker, and he doesn't even do that. Well, I think I thought it was weird because I, you know, when you when you hear people talk about it, you know, and they have access to the game tape, they said nobody was open outside of Hawkinson. But my thought would be, hey, you just got one of the worst roughing the passer calls for you that I've ever seen on the Dexter Lawrence play, and it's like, hey, if you just throw the ball near a wide receiver, yep. maybe it'll be defensive holding or pass interference. I mean, my thing is just like you have to get the ball behind behind the chains or beyond the chains there. It's like mm-hmm. you just have to give yourself an opportunity. And throwing a ball into tight coverage, in my opinion, is a better opportunity than TJ Hawkinson when it's what? What was it, fourth and eight? Yeah, and you throw the ball yards. three yards. I mean, come on! In the NFL, there's too much speed. If you throw the ball three yards, that means he has to run five more yards. You know, at least one guy is going to get there before he gets five yards. Well, and what was really funny about that too was that was one of the very few blitzes that Wink Martindale put on Cousins. You know, for the majority of the game, they were playing man, um, and they were not blitzing. And the Giants blitz about forty percent at the time. They blitzed about 28% of the That's good coaching because Kirk Cousins is excellent against the blitz. Right. So, you know, when he finally did dial it up, I think there were four or five DBs in the game on that fourth and eight, uh, including Xavier McKinney, who is back from that injury. I I think he played in the first, in the first matchup, but it was, it was sparingly. Uh, But yeah, man, what a win. I, I, and I don't, I'm going to, I'm going to just continue to say this. I really hope we beat the, the Eagles next week or tomorrow because I hate the fucking Eagles. You know that I hate them so much. They've caused me a lot of misery as a Giants fan throughout my youth, throughout my formative years as a fan. But I'm still playing with house money. This team was projected to win four to five games. Yep. They won a playoff game on the road in a hostile environment. Whatever you want to say about the Vikings being frauds, they are. But the Giants still went in and, and beat them there and. As long as they don't get blown out tomorrow, I am so ecstatic about the present and the future of this team. And I think Daniel Jones answered all the critics. A hundred percent. He's your quarterback of the future. I think there's like no doubts about it. Um, He did the opposite of what Kirk Cousins does. All right. You ready to move on to the next game or you need a few more minutes? (laughs) No, I'm good. I said everything (laughs) I needed to say. I'm trying to be concise for both of us. 
I appreciate that. Congratulations. It must feel amazing. I, I wish someday that I could know what that feels like. Um, all right. The Niners beat up on Seattle 41 to 23. Not really much to say here. The running game was just dominant. The defense was dominant. There really wasn't much Geno could do in that game. Uh, they were just all over him the entire game. Yeah, they were. I mean, Seattle did have, you know, they were in the game yeah. at the end of the first half, but I think the sc- that was one of, uh, you know, one of those circumstances where, again, I think you have to be watching the game to really know. It's like, yeah, they were in it, but you knew they were, they were, they never really had a chance, right? That's how I took it anyway. Absolutely. Um, and it's really, you know, we're going to talk about our recency by Super Bowl picks, a genius segment by myself. Um, it was. And it's making it really tough for me to stick to my guns here. And that and that's the exact thing of recency bias, right? The Eagles didn't play and the, the Niners fucking dominated. But we'll, we'll see how I go when we get there. Um, moving on to the next game. Whew. Um, Jaguars beat the Chargers 31-30. to Chargers were up, uh, what was it, 27-3 to at halftime? No, it's twenty-seven nothing. Oh, I thought the Jaguars got a quick score before the end Maybe, of the half. But it, at one point, it was twenty-seven nothing. It was, um, and then, I mean, listen, Herbert did not play well. I'm still gonna ride for my guy, but uh, there was a lot of overthrows there that did not look good in the second half. But I mean, this is on fucking Staley, and and it's on the it's on the offense, um, and obviously a little bit of the defense too. I mean, you're getting pressure. All first half on Trevor Lawrence. And then you, I mean, we've been pounding the table for this all year. You call off the dogs, you play prevent defense, and you give the Jags and Trevor Lawrence an opportunity to pick you apart. I mean, Chunk plays galore in the second half. It was, it is a truly, truly, truly a fireable offense that that game was lost. I think they fired like their entire coaching staff outside of Staley. And our boy, Bill Simmons, made a great point. He said the Chargers are cheap, and that is the only reason why Brandon Staley is still the head coach because they don't want a Cliff Kingsbury situation or a – whomever another coach you want to name yeah, they, uh, don't want to, they don't want to pay two Matt coaches. rule whatever exactly so he's gonna come back and uh, I'm sorry but I, I can't I'm not gonna trust the Chargers again I don't care how much talent they have I mean this is a tailor-made perfect Sean Payton team but this team is too cheap to go out and get him not to mention I mean I don't know I think USC football uh, kind of dominates out there but if there was ever a time where the Rams are coming off a Super Bowl and they're looking more than down and out for you to take over LA, it's right now. You you said a lot there, and I agree with all of it. Um, you know, first of all, what a job by by Lawrence. I mean, to have a first half like that where you throw four picks and, and I Doug Peterson too. Yeah, but I know a couple of them weren't necessarily on him. One was a tip ball. One the right receiver ran the wrong route. But it was like, you know, when you have that, you're shell shocked, and you're getting you're getting blown out at home. I mean, most most teams just cower, and most quarterbacks just cower. But I give him a lot of credit for bouncing back. And Peterson obviously is the right coach at the right time for him and his development. We've talked about that throughout the season, Tom. But what I'm most impressed by is the fact that. The Jaguars have been in this position a lot over the last couple of weeks. I mean, I, I look back on that Ravens game that they absolutely had to have, and they came back and won that game. The Dallas game, they had to come back and win that game. 
I know they didn't show out in the Tennessee game, but they hosted that for the division championship and they won it. So they have a bit of a pedigree at home of winning these games. Uh, as for the Chargers, you know how I feel about Brandon Staley. I mean, this is a fireable offense just for the game itself, but it is the residual going back to the week prior when he played Mike Williams in a meaningless game, got him hurt, and he can't play, right? Uh, so to me, I'm like, I don't care what the players say about them having your back as the head coach, but you're going to fire your entire staff. Like he's a ticking time bomb and it sucks that it comes at the expense of, you know, a, a commodity like Sean Payton maybe being scooped up because he is the perfect coach for this team. But I like Herbert, but man, these check down passes, like I want to see you do more. You have mm-hmm. all the momentum on the road, and he's taking these very short conservative passes. Tom, to me, watching this game, it was a flashback to that that Falcon Patriot Super Bowl. Like, and by the way, another great point that Simmons made on that podcast—not to ramble on, but kind of more to complement your point. Why are you snapping the ball constantly with twenty-five seconds on the play clock? Yeah, the clock is your best friend. Bleed well, it, man. Another thing that. Staley has perpetually sucked at is clock management. Um, I mean, and, and the thing that really kills me is the Chargers have so much talent that I can already see the future and I know what's going to happen next year. They're going to get off to a shitty start where they're going to lose two or three games that they should have won, and then they're going to fire Staley because the owner is eventually going to get fed up with it, and then they're going to be behind the eight ball as opposed to just starting fresh this year with a or next season with a new head coach going into training camp. Yeah, you're probably right. And also, really good point about the battle for L.A. I mean, I know they're always going to be the second team, but you have it in your hands, man. You're going to win this game. You're going to advance to the divisional round. You've got Herbert. Uh, you got all the momentum. I mean, you can't handle the last week of a regular season and then obviously deal with a collapse like that and, and retain your job in most fan- in most franchises. But no. it's going to. Playoffs or not. I mean, this team was talented enough to, to really beat the Jaguars pretty good, and you lost, I think, just the last two weeks alone. Forget about the rest of the regular season is a fireable offense in itself. But Chargers are cheap. Um, they're, they have a lot of talent. They draft well, but they're a joke franchise like a lot of these other teams. Um, yeah, there's a reason they haven't won a Super Bowl. And just my last point, and I don't know if you want to jump on this. I know it's been a popular um, – point of emphasis for a lot of people but i mean al michaels comes back to the nbc booth you give him tony dungy who has no interest in being anything other than monotone I, listen not, i respect tony dungy's opinions and but i, I feel like too. i feel like tony dungy is so much better as like a like a okay the whole weekend happened like do a podcast about it and break it down it's yes. like Dude, yes. I had to mute that game. I like. I thought I, I was watching. Like, a, I swear, I thought I was watching a celebrity's funeral on television. Yeah, it, it felt <laughs> it felt that way because. So I'm out at dinner with my folks, right? And I, and then you know we're we're gonna call it a night, and I drop them back at the hotel. I drive home, and I see the score because at dinner when I checked right before we sat down, I'm like, oh, it's twenty-seven nothing. Great, I don't have to worry about this game. And as I'm driving home, I I'm, I check and I'm like, oh my god, like this is an actual game. I sit down on the couch. I can't wait to watch the ending of this game. I see that the Jaguars have a chance to win it. I hear Al Michaels goes, all right, here we go. As if you'd rather be anywhere else. And I'm like, listen, man, I know you called the, the miracle on ice. I know you've called a dozen Super Bowls, World Series, all this. But, like, 
you're killing me right now. This is a huge game, and I know it's Jaguars, Chargers, two tortured franchises, but, like, it is the fucking playoffs, man. That was awful. It was absolutely awful. No, it was terrible. Tony Dungy is, he's not a great studio guy because I feel like he needs to be in a more long-form situation, and he's definitely not a good live broadcast guy either. Well, your guy, Dilfer, who's now the head coach at UAB, I mean, remember when he was doing, like, the Dilfer's Dimes segments on SportsCenter, like, 10 years ago? Like, he ditched that because he's like, that's not what I'm good at. And you listen to him on Rosillo, and you're like, I want to listen to you for five hours. I agree with you. I think that's Tony, that's, uh, Tony Dungeon's best spot. Yep. No, 100%. Some some podcast network should pay him a, a bunch of money to sit at his house and do podcasts. It'd be much better because he is uh, one of the best football brains we have. It's just he's fucking boring. Like, let's face facts. He's boring. Yeah, during a game, he's off. I don't think I would hire Bill Belichick to do a game either. That doesn't no, mean that he's might... not the greatest coach ever. It, it, there's certain guys that you just don't want to hear do a game. You need a certain level of energy for a game, and he doesn't have it. Exactly. All right, the Bills beat the Dolphins in a much, much closer game than we expected. They ruined a teaser for me, which really hurt. Um I mean, Ben not break, but I don't know, you know, their defense. It's been shaky over the last, probably the second half of the season. Um, and, you know, I know they won, but I, I'm concerned. I mean, they played Skylar Thompson. I know. Um, listen, man. It, and Allen is just making, Allen's making a lot of mistakes that he just, that Josh Allen should not be making. Tom, the spread was 13 and a half. You and I both hammered that. Like, we were like, let's go. I mean, we, I think I said it was going to be like 28 to 6 or something. Like, even knowing, it, dude, even knowing that this game was already played and, and they only won by three, I'll take that spread again. Yeah, I know. It's one of those where you're like, I would do it again and, and people would laugh at you, but be like, seriously, if they played this game 10 times, how often would this be a 38 to 35 game? But I'll tell you this, man, you know, we're starting to see a little bit of a trend and Brian Dable is obviously the OC in Buffalo the last couple of years. And that was when Allen really took down his turnovers, right? Like he was not fumbling. He was not throwing those ill-advised interceptions. He was managing the game, but at a very, very high level and expertise level and was able to use his God given talents with his arm and his legs to, to make plays happen. And now you see Dable with Jones and Jones is top 10 turning the ball over a year away from Dable and, and Allen starting to turn the ball over again. And I just don't, I don't understand these guys. These guys can't retain information. Well, also, I, I, I don't know how you feel, but when I watch Josh Allen, I'm kind of like, this guy has a little bit of a Superman desire. And he really is. He's unbelievable. You want him, unless you have Patrick Mahomes or maybe one or two other guys, you'd, you'd, there's nobody else you'd rather have. But there's times where I'm like, dude, you are just trying to do way too much right now. Take the too. fucking cheese. Mm-hmm. And and Pat, but that's the thing. Patrick Mahomes does that. You can watch a drive where Patrick Mahomes just check down seven yards, check down eight yards, check down first down, and it's like, and then every once in a blue moon, when it's when when it's available and it's needed, he makes the explosive, unbelievable. I can't look away play, but he doesn't make the the which Josh Allen obviously makes probably just as often as Patrick Mahomes. It's just Mahomes doesn't make that mistake when he's trying to force something. Instead, he goes, oh, okay, 
uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire or whoever their running back is now is out in the flat and everybody else is covered. Here, I'm just going to make my life easier and we're going to walk up seven yards. Listen, when you look at the score, you think Skylar Thompson actually played well. He really didn't. Defense created turnovers and scored a couple times, which allowed them to get to 31 points. But let's talk about the Dolphins for a second. How in God's name are you still in the huddle with four seconds left after you've already used two timeouts to avoid delay of game penalties? and You're at like third and two. And you're just continuing to push it back. Like I would think if you're a third string cornerback, one of your better, you know, strong points is the ability to manage the clock, no? Yeah, I, I, I think that has to do with obviously the quarterback, but as well as the head coach, where it's like you're trying to be a genius right now and make the perfect play. And and sometimes you just need to have a good play. Because I think at that point field yeah, position lost. and clock management is more important than the perfect play, right? Oh, 100%. But, I mean, they shot themselves in the foot because I'll tell you what, man, walking away from this game, I don't have a lot of trust in the Bills. I don't have a lot of – nor do I. I don't have a lot of trust in Josh Allen, and, I, and I'm and i concerned about their defense. They don't get a lot of pressure, and they can be beat over the top. They really can. Um, but they are advancing, and, hey, the Dolphins put up a great fight, and you said it last week on the pod, and I couldn't agree more. I'm glad that Tua was ruled out from the get-go and, and never got a chance to play in this game. It's going to be um, really interesting next year, man. We'll talk about it in the offseason, but I think you're going to have to drag that guy off the field. He seems like that type of guy, and I'm I'm really curious to see what the Dolphins do about it. The announcement from the GM was that he's their starting quarterback next year, so we'll have to wait and see. Um, Bengals beat the Ravens 24-17 in another division clash here, Tom. I mean, we've had a lot of these 49ers Seahawks. We had Bills Dolphins that we just talked about, and now Bengals Ravens. And they won 24-17 and again, they didn't do it in a super convincing way, but nope. Tom, I gotta tell you, I really feel bad. Before we talk about anything with the Ravens and obviously the, the fumble six that was returned, you know, the whole thing about the the Bengals was we're going to rebuild our offensive line free agency. We, we cannot let our quarterback and our franchise get killed. And they lose two huge parts of their offensive line in this game. And that really makes me wonder about their future, but they were able to skate by in this game. Yeah, I mean, they're obviously playing the the uh, the Bills, and both teams seem to be reeling. Um, so that's going to be an interesting prediction out of you and I. Yeah, I mean, Burrow just didn't have the time, and he was getting clobbered out there. Um, terrible clock management by the Ravens, but also you got to say the fact that they had a chance to win this game at the end is pretty incredible with um, – you know what is it a second or a third string quarterback and and that's that's why you pay Lamar the money you're going to pay Lamar because that guy just he gave you three quarters he just couldn't give you four yeah and they were right there I, I you know from the second is you're running behind a good offensive line it's not as dominant as it's been in the past but it's a good offensive line yeah you got to feed Dobbins more and other guys yeah and it's like you got to go down there. You can't be trying to reach for the pylon when you're that far away. Well, yeah, I just don't think the ball should have been in his hands. I think Dobbins was, I don't know what he was averaging, but it felt like five yards a carry. Well, you heard him post game, right? Yeah, that was very honest. I appreciate the honesty. 
Yeah, and it got Greg Roman fired. Well, they they sep- they parted ways, but it was a firing. Um, yeah. Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator there. Um, that felt like yeah, one of those agreed. breakups where, you know, the heartbroken guy says it was mutual, but, you know, she dumped you. Oh, yeah. No, 100%. Um, that was like, well, you know, I'm going to go tell my friends that, you know, I didn't want to be with her. It was like, no, she dumped <laughs> you. Um, but, yeah, I, I, listen, Ravens, they, they got a conundrum on their hands, right? Uh, from all indications is they are – they want to pay Lamar. I don't know if the owner They're going to franchise tag him. Well, they're going to franchise tag him, but that's only going to buy them so much time because he doesn't have to report – he's not going to get paid that salary, Tom, until week one when he suits up. So he cannot report to any of this offseason shit or preseason shit. I don't think he's that kind of guy, but also he's his own agent, which I think isn't talked about enough. That's so cool. I mean, the Ravens are dealing with that a lot because Roquan Smith is his own agent as well. They locked him up, though. Well, he did a good job negotiating, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, I, we can speculate in the offseason um, as how this is to end, but I, I did find it very interesting that he that he was uh, active on social media saying what he said during the week, and then he also wasn't at the game. Totally agree. Yeah, you don't see that stuff and be like, oh, everything's fine. No, and I think I think Harbaugh was, I mean, very upset about it. If you saw him in that, whatever it was, halftime live interview or whatever, he was very testy with the reporter. No, he was. But then at the, you know, their press conference, end of season press conference, he was glowing about Lamar and being like, oh, 100%, 200%, we're bringing him back. I'm paraphrasing, of course, well, but that was basically what the hell are you going to say? Yeah, and I was like, okay, but the owner is the one with the money, and he might not want to give Lamar whatever Lamar wants. Like you said, we'll talk about it in the off season. but I do think this is a very interesting storyline. I'm not going to say there's fire, but there's definitely smoke here. For sure, and I, don't, I also don't think uh, coming off the Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson contracts, I don't think that's going to help Lamar's case. That's a good point. Yeah, they, they they missed their window to pay him, and he missed his window to get paid. Um, and that's why this relationship is kind of in limbo right now. For but sure. But anyway, Tom, let's move on to the last game here. Will, happy birthday again, buddy. Your Cowboys put a beat down on the box. And, Tom, I this feel game was This game was tough to watch, by the way, like the first oh, quarter. You, you texted me, and you're like, I need to turn this game off. It was, and I feel stupid as well because you and I both should have saw the writing on the wall that this Buccaneers team, say what you want about Tom Brady, maybe he comes back next year with a different team and it looks better because he's on a better team. This team sucked, and they've been done forever. They were 8-9. and nine. They shouldn't have even been that. Uh, they just were in an incompetent division uh, with zero quarterbacks. And this team was just fucking terrible. And we should have realized that the Cowboys got a little bit healthier and they were going to be able to get it together enough to beat this Bucks team. Um, and I think it's, you know, this is this is the glaring recency bias pick right here. Oh, my God. Can you shift attitudes or opinions any more than what they did in, the, in a three-day span? No. I mean, it's, you had that Washington game where they literally were dog shit. They lost. Everybody's like, you have no chance. We both took Tampa, even though we knew how bad Tampa was. And, yeah, the Brady factor played a role. I think a lot of people did. We're not, you know, we're not the only ones. But then you watch this game and you're like, yeah, 
this is what Dallas is. When they play an inferior opponent, they're usually better. Mm-hmm. No, no doubt. And uh, I feel stupid for taking that pick. I really do. You shouldn't. Most people, a lot of people did, man. I mean, I know it was Cowboys minus two and a half, but there's a reason it was only that. And there was a reason that so many people went the route of, of Tampa Bay because, you know, the last taste in your mouth is is Dak Prescott and the Cowboys getting blown out by Sam Howell in his first start. Yep. Oh, no doubt about it. Um, I did think Dak, he looked – I mean, he did, I don't think he looked as good as the score reflected. I know he threw the ball all over the yard on a very decimated Bucks team. There was still a lot of throws that kind of left me with – at least me personally with something to be desired. Um, I just thought that that defense was really getting a lot of pressure. Well, yeah. I mean, there was a couple things there. I mean, his first few drives, Dak, that is, he wasn't particularly good, but he he, he heated up and, and really quickly. And also Tampa, you know, Brady is so good at the play action. Fournette did nothing. Playoff Lenny did shit. Mm-hmm. And they had no running game. Dude, Tom Brady threw the ball 68 times. Yeah, and it... I 68 mean, times. Probably and anytime one of the, there was a rush on him, he just threw it to the ground. He didn't want to get hit. I was going to say, he pass attempted 68 times. It was one of the ugliest 68 pass attempts I've ever seen. Um, and, yeah, that was just – that game was tough to watch cover to cover, especially the first half. It was just a lot of punting, a lot of a lot of clock stoppages, a lot of commercials. It was a real grind to get through that one. No, it really was. I mean, it, it looked like a super sexy matchup on paper and why ESPN got it, but it became very evident. I mean, when Brady threw that interception in the end zone, you were just like, all right, I know how this is going to go. Yep. By the way, do you want to bring up the kicker or do you want me to bring up the kicker? Oh, of course. We have to bring up the kicker. I mean, that's a broken man right there, my friend. That is a broken <laughs> man. I feel bad. As the man with laryngitis after coming off some terrible illness, if you're calling somebody a broken man, I, I, I'm i going to side with you. Hey, for the record, I'm still showing up to work and getting the fucking job done, though. <laughs> that's, that's Whether people straight. can comprehend what I'm saying is a different story, but the job's getting done. I still don't know what I'm saying. I can't wait to listen back to the pod and hope I sound somewhat articulate. But, um, yeah, no, that was horrible. I mean, I love the fact that, you know, I'm a Buck and Aikman guy. I always have been, so I don't watch the Manning cast. I watched them a lot last year. I didn't watch it much this year. But when Peyton just got off the set after the fourth miss PAT, and was like, I'm done. I'm done. Peyton's hilarious. He is. They're both great. But I guess they're sticking with him, man. I mean, I know they signed a dude to the practice squad, but do you have any conviction that he's going to snap out of this? I mean, kickers are fragile. We see great kickers turn into – you know, waiver wire guys within the span of two weeks generally. Extremely concerning. Um, and you just, you know that this game is going to come down to a big field goal or two. It did last year. Yeah, and I mean, this guy makes bombs too. Maybe they should just be like, yeah, we're going to kick the extra point, but we're going to take like 10, um, 10, like whatever, clock expiring calls, delay of game calls. So that yeah. we can put it back to the 60 and then he could be comfortable. Well, that was the thing. They had him kick a field goal from like 52 and I think he got it. And it was like, all right, this is like one of those deals where. Well, he's got, clearly he's head. got the yips, you know, I mean, 
that happens to a lot of golfers too. I mean, they can hit the long, they can hit everything that doesn't take any finesse, perfect. But then they get from a hundred yards and in, and they start shaking. Right. Yeah. Chuck Knobloch on my mind there, or, Rick, or even worse, Rick Ankeel from that playoff start with the Cardinals, where he was yeah. throwing everything to the backstop. It was like, oh my god, you're watching this guy lose it in, in front of you know national TV in the playoffs, which sucks. Uh, but yeah, listen, the Cowboys got a very convincing win. They're on to San Fran. And uh, Tom, I think it's time that we preview divisional weekend. Now, last week you gave the spread on a couple games. I'm going to do that again. Me to guess the few others. I'm going to. So we're going to guess them. Guess all of them, or okay. I mean, we'll know. We'll know um, if you if you took a peek. Um, but I am pulling up FanDuel as not, we speak. I did not, by the way pulling up FanDuel as we speak The only right one now. I do know, unless it changes, is Giants-Eagles. I don't know any of the others. Well, that's the first game we're going to do if my login would come in here. I mean, I'm not on Wi-Fi, so we got to gotta bear with me. This is not good podcasting. Oh and you got sirens in the background. Yeah, well, you know where I live. I do. Um, I think right. last time I saw I got it, it, it was Eagles minus seven and a half. That is the spread. Nothing's changed there. Saturday at 8.16 p.m., the Giants face the Eagles in Philadelphia. Um, and the spread is, like Sean said, minus 7.5. Um, Sean, what do you think? Uh, I, I'll talk you through it again like I did with the Vikings last week. You know, this is the third time that they're playing each other. And what's really odd about this is it's the third time they're playing each other in, like, a two-month span. Mm -hmm. They played week 14, week 18, when, again, the Giants didn't play their starters. And now, so I was thinking about it. The Eagles really haven't played a great game in, like, six to seven weeks. Are they do? Maybe since that Giants game. So... I'm drawing parallels to that 07 team. The Giants got absolutely blitzkrieg by Dallas twice. And they went into Dallas oh, in the God. divisional round and beat them. I'm not going to do it. I, the Eagles are too good. I think the Giants have been an unbelievable story. The Giants have been so much fun. I love this team. I hope it's competitive enough to stay on late. But with seven and a half, I could see the Eagles winning this game. 28 to 17. Okay, so you're taking the Eagles with the spread. I am. A nice reverse jinx. Very cute. I'm on to what you're this, doing there. You know me. I'm honest. <laughs> we talked about this last week. I don't do this for fucking shits and giggles. If I think the Giants have a real chance, I'm going to pick the Giants. I don't think they do. If the Vikings spread was six last week, I would have taken the Giants. It was three, so I didn't. But I, I the Giants haven't won. Real fast before you go into your thing and, and try to, you know, spares me. The Giants have not won a game in Philly in nine years. No, it'll just nine add to that. St- it'll That's add to the storybook. It'll add to the storybook. Uh, the storybook of the two, the 2007 2.0. Um, I think this game, I just, the team's played three times and the Giants are a healthier team. And I just don't see Dable losing by more than a touchdown. I just think he's too good of a coach. Um, and again, I, you know, Simmons said on his podcast, if you if you're gonna take the underdog, make sure that they have a chance to win. But in my opinion, I just think this spread is way too high. 
I think it should be like five or five and a half. So I'm going to take the Giants with the spread, but I do think the Eagles are going to win. I hear you. I I, th- I would love every fabric of my being. That's the that's the tough part is with the seven and a half and and you get the hook there. You know, my thought is like I could see them losing. Like I said, twenty eight seventeen. Which it, when you look at the final score, it's not a blowout, but it's like, uh, you know, were you really in that game? Yeah. Maybe they score late. I don't know. I, I it's to me the keys in this game are Wayne Johnson's health. And Jalen Hurts' health. And we're going to see that early. Enough to go, we're, we're, we're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, we both have the Giants losing. I have them covering. You have the Eagles covering. Um I just, for me, it's Dable. I just, I, I know yeah. the Eagles have a good head coach as well. His name right now, De- uh, Sirianni. Sirianni. I, I know you hate him. Uh, he came in as kind of a clown. We all made fun of him, and he's kind of shoved it in our face um, so far. But I, I just, Dable is like right now, he's, he's, you know, I might be putting my resume out for adoption. Um, and and he's looking like a candidate. He can do no wrong for me. If the Giants lose this game, it won't be because they're out coached. It's because simply they just don't have enough talent. If you go eleven on eleven, the Eagles offense against the Giants defense, even with some of the Giants playmakers, the Eagles are a lot better. Yeah, they're just much faster. But I I don't know. These Giants is a scrappy bunch. I think they're going to keep it close. Uh-oh. Let's go Giants, baby. Let's go Giants. Um, All right, the first Saturday game, our second Saturday game we are doing here, the Jacksonville Jaguars head to Kansas City, 431 Saturday, which is tomorrow. Um, Sean, give me a a guess on the spread since you said you only knew the Giants. Yeah, I only knew the Giants. Um, I have a feeling that even though Kansas City never covers the spread, they went lofty here. So I'm going to say... I'm going to say Chiefs minus 10 and a half. Chiefs minus 8 and a half, my friend. Okay. Okay. Now, before we move on to the next one, let's do an over-under because there's only four games for the Giants-Eagles. It's 45 and a, 48 and a half, excuse me. Under. I'm going to take the under there, too. Okay, back to the Chiefs game. Um, Chiefs 8 and a half. I know they never cover, but that's also in the regular season when they don't give a fuck. I... It was it was an awesome comeback by Trevor Lawrence. I think the Chiefs are gonna shit on the Jaguars this week. I'm gonna take the Jaguars to cover. Wow. Okay. Chiefs to win. Jags to cover. I'm taking the over on this one. It's fifty-two and a half. I just think the Chiefs just fucking run train, and they really justify my Super Bowl pick with them. What did you say the over was? The over under was fifty-two and a half. I'll take the over. I actually think the Jags will score in this game. But I agree I like with you. I think I think it's going to be such a blow. I think the ja- I think the Chiefs are going to be up by like 14, and they're just going to keep scoring. But the Jaguars are going to be able to sneak in a couple touchdowns there that don't really matter, and they're they're easily going to hit the over. I see this being like 34-26, okay. 34-27, something like that. Okay. That's feasible. I I think it's going to be closer to like Chiefs thirty seven, Jags twenty. And that's a very good possibility. We just I haven't seen the Chiefs cover, and and even going back to the playoffs last year, I mean they they're 
hanging by the skin of their ass, and they actually lost that that Bengals game. I mean, they win. I give them credit for that, but they don't they don't blow teams out. They haven't in a while. This is a week, baby, with a bye week. Keep in mind, there's a bye in there. Um, I know. All right. Next game, this is the first Sunday game, Sunday at 3.01 Eastern Time. Everything's Eastern Time here. You know I only deal in Eastern Time. You know better than anybody. We know, we know, we know. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals head to, what is it? Um, what's the name of their place? Something Park. Um, Orchard in Park. Orchard Park in Buffalo. I don't know the weather up there, but go ahead and give me a guess on the line. Bills minus two and a half. Wow. Okay. Um, it is the Buffalo Bills minus five and a half. Oh, so really? If, if you're going to guess that spread, I'm going to say that you're taking the Bengals in this one. Absolutely, I am. Yes. I'm right there with you. I think I think the Bengals could win this game. I don't like their offensive line injuries. We talked about that earlier. I I, I think that really hurts them. Uh, Tom, they were running away in that obviously Demar Hamlin game. You know, they was seven to three, but they were driving. It seems like they could do whatever they wanted against that Buffalo defense. I mean, I don't know if Demar Hamlin's going to be at this game. I don't know if he's going to, you know, make some kind of appearance, you know, via FaceTime or whatever. But there's going to be high emotions in this game. I mean, you can't have two teams that experienced something like that only three weeks ago you know, do it again, uh, you know, so soon. But in playoff, you know, with playoff ramifications, I, I don't love the Bills – or I'm sorry, I don't like the, the Bengals' offensive line issues, but I hate the Bills' defense. So mm-hmm. I'm taking the Bengals. I hear that. I'm in agreement with you. I think the Bengals can definitely win this game. Although I'm not rooting against the Bills. It would be cool to see them win a Super Bowl, kind of a storybook ending, even though they are in my division. Um over under because you don't hate them like you hate Miami and New England. Right? Of course not. No, I mean the Bills are. I talk about a, a be, to, between them and Minnesota. I think they're the most tortured. Right. They're right there. I, I think the Chargers and Falcons would would be in that next year. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, the over under is forty nine and a half. Um, again, both defenses are. Uh, at this point, Ben not break. I think that they can hit that over. I think they can too. I'm I'm in agreement with you. Okay, I think all th- I think we have overs on across the board here so far. That makes for fun gambling, stupid gambling, but fun gambling. Um, final game here. Birthday shout out to Will for the final time. Um, the Dallas Cowboys head to San Francisco to face the Niners. Six thirty one on Sunday. Give me a spread. San Francisco minus six and a half. Jesus, either either you're a genius and you're a better handicapper or you're terrible and you're way off on these because it's minus three and a half. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I I just feel like I feel like San Francisco would be a much higher one. I <laughs> okay, buy into Dallas all you want, but San Francisco doesn't lose. Brock Purdy's undefeated. They're at home. What am I missing? Yeah, Robitussin, that's what it is. Oh, sure. <laughs> Again, like I said, I'm gonna have to re-listen to this pod because I'm 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 in the very short in the very short term focus right now. I'm I'm taking I'm taking San Francisco here. I, I think that the Dallas is I think they pulled the wool over our heads beating up on that poopy fucking 
<laughs> um, with the Buccaneers team, I yeah. think I think the Niners defense is just going to use and abuse that Dallas offense, and I think that they're going to run all over the Cowboys. And you know what? I think Purdy. The thing is, is you know if if you stack the box to try and stop the run, Purdy Purdy has the ability to pick you apart. And then if you don't and you leave guys back, McCaffrey's going to run all over you. Yeah, I think the the tough thing about this is you if you're a Dallas fan, you're trying to talk yourself into this miracle Cinderella run has to end at some point, right? Why not now, right? Like, you know, the Dallas defense does create turnovers, and for a long time, this defense was balling out. Will corrected us when he came on midseason, and I said they were a bend-not-break defense, and he shut me up because they were killing teams, but they haven't recently outside of that Tampa Bay game, but I think that's more products of Tampa. Yeah. Um, they don't ask Purdy to do a lot of shit, though. That's the point. A lot of it's improvisational, and the other part of it is just get guys in open space. Everybody's healthy. I, I like San Francisco. I, okay, fine. I was a little overzealous, but that tells you where I'm going. I like San, San Francisco. Francisco has, San Francisco has way too good of a defense, and they have too many weapons. It's like, okay, fine. If you can figure out a way to shut McCaffrey down, which I don't see happening, but if you can, here's Debo Samuel. Right. Here's George Kittle. Here's here's um the other guy. Was who has been reinvigorated with with Brock Purdy? Exactly. All right. We're both taking the Niners minus three and a half here. Yes. Okay. The over under is forty six and a half. I'm gonna go under here. Okay. I think, I'm gonna disagree with you for the first time. I'm going over. Okay. I my logic is is that the, the Niners are going to run this ball a lot. The the clock is going to get chewed, and you're going to see a a lot of the punter. Maybe not a lot of the kicker for Dallas. I mean, who the fuck knows <laughs> at this point? Not. But you're going to see a lot of the punter. Okay. Yeah, I, I think both offenses are going to click enough, and uh, they're going to cover that over pretty easily. I think I I could see San Francisco putting 34, 35 up, and I could see Dallas putting 24, 25 up. I just I think with San Francisco, they're playing a they're playing a better team this week than they did last week, and I just think that they're just going to try. They're not. There's not going to be. They're going to choke the game. There's not going to be enough time. Sure. Yeah, I'm sure as the game goes on, I I can guarantee you that's what Shanahan's going to look look to do. Although Shanahan trying to run the ball and sit on it didn't work out too well for him in the biggest game. No, but you got McCarthy and Dak on the other side this time. You don't have Belichick. Yeah, they can make enough mistakes on their own. Listen, we haven't seen the big McCarthy mistake yet. I'm waiting on it. It's been one game, my man. I know. (laughs) I know. I know you're rooting for that. All right, Sean. You want to do? By the way, I'm just going to say this real fast. Talking with some people down here, so. Obviously, I'm in Cowboys country, but at Samsung, there's a good contingency of Eagle fans. And I was speaking to two peop- two, two Samsung folks today. One was a Cowboy fan, one was an Eagle fan. Are I these said, transplants, or are they just frauds? No, one is from Philly, and the other is a true Texan. Like, true and true Texan. Okay. So I was like, okay, so they're not frauds. But I said, here's the thing. If the Giants lose to the Eagles, I hate the Eagles more than anything. One of my worst sports days, as you know, is when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Because even though they've tortured the Giants, I could always hang in their head, that in their face, that they never had a Super Bowl. The Giants had four. Um, but I also despise the Cowboys. Not to the same level as the Eagles, but I despise them both. I said, if the Giants lose to the Eagles and somehow the Cowboys beat the 49ers, I'm not watching the NFC Championship game. 
and I, I'm sticking to that. So for everybody okay. on the pod, Tom, when if NFC Championship game rolls around, it is that matchup. You're gonna have to tell me how it goes because I'm not watching. Okay, I guess I guess the, all the analysis or whatever you want to call what we do is going to be coming from me on that game. It's um, going to be all you, man. <laughs> okay, um, I respect that. I, I really do. That's a spiteful move. And, you can't and, call me a fraud on that. No, I am a absolutely Giants not. Fan. I not, love my Gi- That would be like that's the opposite. Patriots. That's the opposite of fraud. Um, yeah, you're right. Uh, and I don't really. I think there's much more hate in the in the NFC East than there is. Outside of the Patriots in the AFC East, three of the four teams are in the are in the divisional round. I know, and and we were talking about we're going to talk about our previews at some point. And we were talking about how that's going to be such a joke division, and look at them now. It's crazy. I, I I can't I can't get over the fact that in a span of a year. The Eagles went from, oh, that's a nice story, to you got the potential MVP at quarterback. Dallas is always kind of in it, so I'm really not going to count them. And then you've got the Giants, who were projected again to win four to five games, and they're in it. It's wild. And two of the teams are matching up against each other. It's it's absolutely insane. It is wild, but I'm not. I'm done letting you wax poetic about your Giants. I've heard enough. I'm, I'm okay. cu- cutting you off there. I'm cutting off the Robitussin there. Um <laughs> So uh, Listen, the last time I had Robitussin was an hour and forty five minutes ago. So I'm good. I'm, you should I'm, be it, good. Um, all right. Do you want to talk about? Do you want to recap? As I mentioned, and you held me to it as a good COO would. Our preseason predictions, or do you want to do a Nets rant? Which do you want to do first? I kind of want you to do the Nets rant because I want to knock you down a few pegs because you're up way too high for me right now. Okay, here's my Nets rant. I'll make it quick, fast. I texted you late last night as I'm watching Nets Suns and the Nets get blown out. You texted me. By a son. You texted me as I was getting into bed and I just went to bed giggling. <laughs> yeah, good, good. I'm glad I could provide some late night entertainment. I hope you you had some very sweet dreams. We talked about this last week on the pod. Oh well, the Nets are a better team. They have a healthy Joe Harris. They have T.J. Warren. They have Seth Curry. Uh, four straight losses. Four. Fucking straight losses since the Durant injury. It's the same shit as last year. Kyrie Irving, for as much as I love him, is, and we all know this, he's not obviously not a one, but the dude has not galvanized this team in the least bit. Tom, they lost to Boston. I can tolerate that. That was actually a good game until the Nets just could not make a shot late. But Boston, as we said last night against Golden State, is a finals team. They are ahead of the class. They are the best team in the Eastern Conference, probably in the league, right up there with Denver. Then you go and lose to Oklahoma City. You get out score 29-14 in the fourth quarter. 29-14. You got Isaiah Joe and Josh Giddy making every shot in the book. Like guys who are shooting 30.2% from three are like four for four in the fourth quarter. Terrible defense, bad luck, whatever. You go to San Antonio, who stinks. You lose that game. Then you go to Phoenix, who, who are two and 12 in their last 14 <laughs> games. You lose to them. Now they're in Utah. I'm not even looking at the game. I'm not looking at the score, you don't have to worry about me being distracted outside of whatever medical thing I have with my Robitussin going on that's worn off probably halfway through this podcast. Fuck the Nets. I'm tired of the expectations. That's why I love this Giants team. 
they lose tomorrow, I got no problem. There were no expectations. Those teams are fun to root for. How in God's name, after your best player said why he requested a trade last year, was the reason was because they were so fucking awful when he got hurt that they went from the two seed to the eight seed. They're on their way to that again. They're on their way to that fucking again. This team sucks. They don't play defense. They can't make shots until late in the game when it's already over. I'm tired of it. And now I've got UConn to worry about who've lost five of their last six. They went from a top three, four team in the country. They're going to be out of the top 25. So what I thought was a great winter of basketball, I'm done. I am now back onto. I'm hoping for the Yankees again, just so that they can torture me for three or four months, because that's what I have to hang my hopes on because of this goddamn basketball team. Trade Durant in the offseason. He deserves everything he wants. Get rid of Kyrie. Clean house. I don't care what this team does. They're going to trick me into it two or three or four more times. Doesn't this sound like our Yankees conversations in August, Tom? It's it's the same shit. I can't take it anymore. Doc Vaughn is the same as Steve Nash. Kyrie Irving can't do anything. They're going to lose and lose and lose and lose. Done with investing in this team. Wow, what four games can do, huh? Shit. <laughs> a week ago, I was talking off the ledge. Well, I guess I was wrong there. Um, yeah, that's New York sports for you, ladies and gentlemen. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> for the love of God, though, man. Honestly. Uh, it's, 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 we went it's through tough. that stretch. It's like, oh, you'll, well, you'll beat Oklahoma City. You'll beat San Antonio. That's a reeling uh, Suns team. Utah sucks. Fuck this. Well, you're out early, but you know, you already claimed that you're going to get dragged back in a few more times. Um, that was strong. I'd give that probably an 8.2 out of 10. That was that was good stuff. Am I wrong about any of it, though? Honestly. Of course not. Of course not. It. I mean, listen, talk about recency bias, which we got to make our recency bias Super Bowl picks, but I, I, I back you on that one. It's, I was wrong. That's all I can say. I was I, whatever I said was the the exact opposite has happened. So was I. <laughs> now my voice hurts again. I need more Robitussin. Let's do this pod. <laughs> We've been doing it for an hour now. Um, I mean, let's keep it going. Like let's let's get it over with, so I can take more. I'm not doing it in the middle. <laughs> all right. Um, before we do our preseason recap, like Drunk House with Simmons. Yes. It's like, um, yeah. yeah, Robo Trip and Sean. Um, recency bias Super Bowl picks. Sean, I got to stick to my guns. Eagles, Chiefs. I know, I know the Niners are really making it hard for me, but I'm sticking to my guns. Eagles, Chiefs here. Chiefs win. All right. I got 49ers and I've got Chiefs. Sliding into that Bengal spot. I don't like the offensive line injuries. I was going to say the offensive line definitely threw you off there. Okay, you're going to have to keep track of that for next week. And who you have winning? I got you. I've done a good job for it this week. Yes, you did. You had the Bengals actually winning the Super Bowl, and you've pulled them out altogether. So who's winning yeah. now? Chiefs. Ah, welcome to the dark side. <laughs> I've actually that's something that I've stuck to all year, and I'm proud of it because now that we're going to do our preseason recaps. God damn it, Sean, I really should have stuck to my guns all year because, honestly, I'm a fucking expert. I'm, I, this is an expert-level performance by me. Well, 
I look like a clown, so I think you should just keep going. Okay. I tallied up all of my over-unders that we did on the on the um, preseason pod. Do you want to guess my record? Hmm. Twenty, twenty-two and nine. Well, there's thirty. Sorry, twenty-two and ten. Twenty-two and ten. You were one off. I went twenty-three and nine on my over/under guesses. Wow! 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 Yeah. Well done. I really should have took every penny I had and bet on those. I didn't think I was that good at this. Um, and I told Michaela it's probably a one-hit wonder. Next year I'll probably go eleven and whatever. Well, you got this year. So yeah, no, that. that's I'm I'm truly very proud of that. That's that's nothing to shake a stick at. Not at all. Congrats, buddy. Thank you. Um, and I I I won on a you know on our on our on our picks this this year on a kind of a technicality, but um, actually win, I, I I will say it's more like twenty two and nine because the Chargers. I picked the over and they pushed. So I guess you could say 22 and nine. You and your fucking pushes, man. What do you want me to do? I, I'm, I'm right there with Vegas. Um, I'm not criticizing you. I'm just saying it's, it's fucked me pretty good, particularly <laughs> in our pick segment. Cause we had the same amount of wins. Individual awards. Um, yeah, I, I didn't do as hot. Um, I had the MVP being Herbert. Um, not an MVP type year for him. Offensive player of the year, I might be able to win. That's Justin Jefferson. Um, okay. Defensive player of the year, I don't really blame myself for this one. I picked Joey Bosa. He got hurt for like 90% of the season. What was with him and his temper tantrum throwing the helmet a couple times, by the way? Come on, man. I, I heard he didn't even get penalized for the throwing of the helmet. It's whatever he said to the referee while he was doing yeah. it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you got to be better than that. You, he costs his team there, like in a very important situation. Um, offensive rookie of the year, Sean, I think I could have won this had he not torn his ACL. That was Brees Hall. Mm-hmm. Defensive rookie Maybe of the year. His way. Defensive rookie of the year. Next year, learned a lesson here. You know, I learned some lessons every year. File it away. Don't pick a safety. They're not going to win it. Um, they don't really end up making any noise until year three or four anyways. I picked Kyle Hamilton. Um, Saucy's going to win that. Uh, this is the bad one. Um, I had comeback player of the year, McCaffrey. I don't even know if they have that award. He probably should win it, though. Um, the bad one. The the major stain on my, my predictions this year. Uh, coach of the year, Brandon Staley. <laughs> don't worry. Uh, you ready to laugh? Well, you didn't tally your over-unders, right? I didn't tally them, but I can run through what I add real fast if you want to do that. Well, is it better than 23 and 9? Oh, it was far worse. Then No, we don't care. We only want the experts talking. Good, good. <laughs> All right, here's my awards. Your 2022-23 MVP. Derek Carr of the Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, my God. Now, before you just try and slide that under the rug and move on to your next award. Oh, I'm not. Let's, let's we need to that. talk about this because, I mean, is this worse than Kirk Cousins? Is it is the question. And yes, because he didn't finish the season. I was going to say, team. at least Kirk Cousins is going to be the quarterback 
for another couple of years on Minnesota. I want this to also be known that this is on the heels of me picking James Harden to win the MVP for the Nets last year, and he didn't finish the season with the team. Yeah, you're not so. you're not very good at this. Um, no. And here's and here's the thing I've noticed that you do that I did early on in our podcast. I tried to do these obscure predictions that went totally against the grain, and I was like, if I get this right, I'll look like a genius. Sometimes you just gotta go with the favorites. Well, I had the Raiders winning the West. Yeah, no, I get it. You put your whole. I did the same thing with the Chargers. You put your whole little thing together. If all these fall into place, then all these guys are going to win awards. Sometimes you just got to go chalk. I know. All right, I'll keep going. Player of the year, I had Josh Allen. Okay, that's that's. There's nothing wrong with that. Defensive player of the year, I had Micah Parsons. Again, nothing wrong with that. Offensive rookie of the year, I actually took Chris Olave. Who had moments this year, but he just wasn't healthy for yeah. the Saints. Uh, but I took your boy Sauce as defensive rookie of the year. That that one's gonna play out. That one's gonna play out. And then coach of the year, I took McVay, who I still think did a decent job given the circumstance he was in, but obviously not coach of the year. No, of all your predictions, you should not be ashamed of that one. There's one glaring one that you should be ashamed of. Yeah. Who's your original Super Bowl pick? My Super Bowl pick was, let's see, it was Rams-Bills. I had Rams-Chiefs and the Chiefs winning. So, yeah, the Rams was one of my nine losses um, for the over-under, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, we learn this lesson every year. Even the the most, you know, highly paid experts, quote-unquote, you know, get totally fucked up because when you make these predictions, you're going a lot, a lot off last season. I mean, Tom, you and I talk about it back when there was the old CBA and preseason games mattered. I used to think it was probably like the first, what, five to six games that were kind of preseason games and teams are getting used to like getting out of that. I think the first like eight games of the year now, like, you have to still kind of think about last year because you just have no handle on this season yet. Yeah, I I, I definitely agree with that, especially with the lack of training camp. I I have to say I feel good. I had the I had the Raiders going under and I had the Broncos going under. I I, I feel great about that. Although I did have the Broncos sneaking into the seventh seed in the playoffs, so I can't say that I'm a savant. But I did take the under. It's all right, man. Good. That was a good pick. I mean, I went twenty three and nine. It's not a big fucking deal. They're all good picks. Twenty three you know? and nine. Twenty three and nine. That's awesome. Yeah, I might like shit. I might actually have to take my own advice on this podcast because had I gambled with, had I taken all the money I had and thrown it on, on those predictions, and then also taken some of the money and put it on our on our weekly picks, I, I'd be swimming in it. Oh, you would be telling your current employer that you're good. Yeah, right. You're you're moving on. I yeah. would t- well, I would be telling my current employer that I quit because then I'd be like, I'm I'm a professional gambler, and then next year, uh, by week three, I'd be crawling back. Right. Yeah. I'm. You know, you'd be doing the Happy Gilmore with Chubbs. I'm stupid. You're smart. You're the best. I'm the worst. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Cause you're good looking. I'm not attractive. Yeah. We're we're, we're gonna. We're not going to get 
too big for our bridges here. I will obviously brag about it next year when it comes to this time, but I'm going to tell you that uh, unless I can do this two or three years in a row, it's, it might have been it might have been beginner's luck for the first year, although we've been doing this for like five that I decided to actually keep track of that. No, you listen, man, you were a hundred percent on top of it, and that's why I really tried to be diligent about making well, sure I kept up with your crazy ideas last week on the fly. I was like, Okay, <laughs> I'm writing this down. It took uh, me it took me five years, but I realized that if I actually just write down our record every week, it becomes really easy to keep track of. It's shocking how that happened. <laughs> Instead of having to scramble and tally them up at the <laughs> end and sit here for an hour. I know. Well, you saved yourself a lot of time. You sell, you saved yourself a lot of anguish. And uh, hey, this is this has been fun. But hey, congrats on the on the twenty on the twenty three at nine. That's that's awesome. Thank you, thank you, man. I'm sorry about your Nets. I'm excited for your Giants. Um, I, I know. I, I could see it. I see a path. But you, you know my, you know my pecking order with my teams. Yes, I do, and I know the Giants are probably number two. They are number. It's Yankees, Giants. It's UConn basketball. It's Brooklyn Nets, and then far in the five is Alabama. Well, you can feel good about one of those, regardless of the outcome on tomorrow. I can. It's been an awesome year. Uh, every. I, we have a quarterback and we have a head coach and it's just sickening things and you're good. It's just sickening because, you know, you look at the run that those cocksuckers up in Boston went on for the last 20 years and we're over here and, and you're getting excited about fucking about, you know, the giants advancing to the second round of the playoffs. And I'm excited about sauce Gardner winning rookie of the year. And meanwhile, this they've got rings galore. Every team, that they have every professional sports team that they have up there has won a ring within recent memory. Yeah. I mean, the Celtics are still 2008, but it looks like they're knocking on the door again this year. And by the way, I know we don't talk hockey, but the Boston Bruins are fucking on one this year. They're, yeah. And they were good last year. So they're going to, they're, they're running away i think they're 12 points ahead of the second seed in the east so like it, you're gonna have the celtics who are gonna be probably the the runaway in the eastern conference in basketball you got the bruins the runaway in 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 hockey but it looks at the red sox and the patriots are falling on hard times which doesn't make me all that upset no i don't they've had plenty of plenty of time to have their run um Anything else you got going on? Any anything good for the weekend? Just recovery, R and R. Yeah, man, I'm 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 gonna fight this cold off. It's a great excuse to do nothing. I just want to sit at home and watch football, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna lay low. I'm gonna assume you're probably doing the same, unless you're gonna surprise me here. Now, Michaela and I are um, we're trying to get a. Well, I mentioned to you about the car shopping, and we're still in that. Oh yeah, what's vortex. the update on that? Oh my God! It's just been these these people. They they the car salespeople are really are the scum of the earth. And I and so I what I, you, I what are you doing? With I right say now? that every time. It's like if they were any good, they'd be in fucking San Francisco selling software. If they were actually good salespeople <laughs> making some real money, so these are like the bottom of the barrel. But yeah, I mean, last week on Friday we fucking drove out to Long Island. 
brought the car all the way back to Port Chester, which you know how far of a drive that is. Oh, that's not fun. Had our mechanic look it over. Shout out to him. He he gave it a full, put the thing up on a lift. I mean, he had a flashlight under the car, standing on the, like, he gave it everything, gave it the clean bill of health. True due diligence. Yes. And then we drive all the way back to Long Island. It's probably about 8 o'clock on Saturday now. I left work at 2, so I've been doing this for what? you know, six hours. And then I sit down with the sales guy. We had already established a price in or a price range the last time I was there. And then the guy has the nerve to throw a price that was about $4,000 higher. And I go, what, what? what are you talking about? After and he was like, you brought it to the mechanic after you did all that. Yep, exactly. And then, and I said, what are you talking about? And he goes, Oh, you must've thought I was talking about this car. And I looked at him and I said, thought you were talking about this car. I said, I just drove that car that we've been talking about for a week now, you and I back and forth. Why all the way to let you bring it if that wasn't the car you were talking about? Exactly. And I said, why did I bring that car all the way to fucking Port Chester, New York, from wherever I am in Long Island and back if, I, if you're giving me a price for that car over there? I, I said, oh, what are you talking about? Fucked up. So then, so then I... Um, I, he, he tried to get me to go up and play the games, and I was like, I told you this from the jump, bro. My fiance has a car. I have a work car. I don't need this car. And then I was like, I'm going to get up, and I'm going to walk out of here right now, and you're never going to hear from me again. And that's exactly what happened. Well, fucking good for you. Well, they try and do this thing where they try and they, – because he probably sat there and thought they love the car. The mechanic gave it a clean bill of health. I bet you I can squeeze an extra two, three grand well, out of them. How, how did he let you drive a car out that wasn't the one you negotiated? No, that about? was the you one. But that, no, you got to think of it from a salesman's perspective. He was just trying to use that as a ploy. So then basically uh, what he wanted us to do was say, oh, well, we did all this work and we really love the car. So what's three grand? We'll just do it. But I don't play those fucking games. You don't do that to no, me. No, you can't. No, Not you to can't. Me. I mean. The second that you lose any kind of trust in a negotiation, particularly with something like a vehicle, that's when you're just, you're immediately done. Exactly. So I said, I told you, bro, I told you I don't need this car and the number is the number. You're not going to get me on desperation. I said, you're more desperate to sell this car than I am to buy it. And I can promise you that because there's going to be another car tomorrow and another car the next day. And I told Michaela, I said, that sucks. But look, listen, we left with our pride. And that's all that really matters. And and you know what? You're going to end up, things will manifest for you with a much better situation than what you just dealt with. So good for you. Yeah. It sucked. It was brutal. But but yeah. Yeah. um, So we're going back out. The car market is brutal right now. We're going back out to Long Island. Um, We're going to an actual Hyundai dealership certified pre-owned. So I'm hoping I have a better experience than these fucking schemers at these like random car dealerships that are strictly used cars. Although this was a Kia dealership. This was a legit dealership and this guy was still a piece of shit. So don't go to South Shore Kia. Fuck them. Alright. Well we find we, we have a you know a guest list. We have a shit list. Now we have a blacklist. So good Yeah, they're out. They're out. Do not go see whatever that guy's name is at South Sorokia because he will try and pull the rug over you. It's just, I just looked at the guy and I was like, D-. I wanted to ask him, like, honestly, what's your shooting percentage on this on this trick? Like, how often does this work for you? I'm, I'm, you I'm genuinely curious. That. Yeah, you've been good at that. 
Cause I mean, it was just, it was unbelievable. It was like, it was like happening in slow motion. I just watched it unfold in front of Michaela and I like this guy trying to, trying to fuck us over. I'm like, come on, man. You serious? Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. You're, you're not even, you're not even trying. I know exactly what you're doing. Yeah. It's, it is pretty amazing. I mean, like I'm very fortunate that I have had to deal with very few you know, dealerships, car folks, you know, like I, I was fortunate enough to, I've really only driven two cars in my life. And I've been fortunate that the dealership I've, I've gone to down here has been, I mean, they are the best. They are, they took the, the Danbury Connecticut ones, you know, who were amazing. I bought my car from there and these folks down here in Austin. Are just, Would you get a colonial? Yeah, Colonial up there in Danbury. Yeah, that's they, where Michaela's parents got uh, their two Subarus, and they uh, they swear by them. They're the best, man, and they don't fuck you over. If you're a real customer, they'll be like, "Yeah, we had to do this part and this thing, but we know that you're that you're diligent with your vehicle and that you come back, and we're going to give you a discount on this, and we want to make sure you're driving out of here and that you're continuing to, you know." make sure your car is good. I, I found the Austin Subaru down here and they're the same way. They're like, we will a hundred percent take care of your car. Like we, we know exactly what you need. Like we will make well, that's sure smart, that you're cause, comfortable. Cause at the and, end of the day, what, even though I probably don't need a Subaru as much down here as I did up there. If I'm buying my next car in the next year to two, it's likely going to be through them. Exactly. I, I have a very established trust. Exactly. That's my point. It's like you get more fucking flies or whatever with honey than you do vinegar. And it's like, yeah, you know what? You could fuck me over this one time and, and get your laugh. But like for you, it's like this guy lives here now. He could buy a car from us within the next couple of years because your car's not, you know, your car probably has a lot of miles on it at this point. It's got 156,000 on it. Exactly. So you're going to need a set of wheels. So... But he was also honest. It was like if you if, – because I brought my car in in May. It was the first time since I had moved here because I didn't really drive a lot. And he was like, if you just come in, like you're going to probably spend 1000 to $1,200 every 16, 18 months. You probably – your car should run down here for the next two to three years. And then if you feel like you no longer want to put money into the service, let us help you get your next vehicle. We'll trade you in just fine and we'll, we'll help you out. I'm like, fuck yeah. You guys are the best. Yeah, man. That's that's the way it should be, truly. Um, it's a pain in the ass that I got to deal with this shit, but you got to do what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do. And the other thing, the other thing, and I want to just say this as a PSA to all people out there that they're shopping for new cars, do not pay attention to the price that they have listed online because it's absolute bullshit. And this is across the board. I'm talking no matter where you go, because every place I've gone to is the same thing. We'll go and we'll look at a car like tomorrow. We're going to look at a Hyundai with like 35,000 miles on a certified pre-owned for 13 something listed online. We're going to sit down after we do the bullshit test drive. And I look to make sure it doesn't have flood damage and whatever. And they're going to say, well, that's the price if you finance it through us, but it's actually $16,000. I'm already prepared for that, but that's what they do. They get you all excited because it's fucking so far below, and you're like, oh, I could probably talk them down to fucking, you know, 12, five, 12 grand. This is going to be great. That's not the real price. 
whatever the price is listed online, if you're not financing the car through them and you want to pay cash or finance it through your bank or whatever, you better tack on three between two and $5,000 to that car. See, this is why we're so unique and so good. You can absolutely excel at picking NFL preseason over-unders and then predict <laughs> what the car salesman's going to say to you because you've dealt with enough of them. Well, yeah, and it's... you're soliciting car advice for free on this podcast. Absolutely. I don't it's, know what people are doing. It's a fact. If, if you don't listen through the end of some of these discussions and you're like, oh, well, they talk football, they talk basketball, they, they maybe went over a Yankees thing, we're good. Absolutely not. No, you, you got to get this advice. Zero, zero, zero. Yeah. You got to get this advice because it's no matter. I It's a lock, stock, and barrel, as your boy, George Costanza's father, would say on Seinfeld. Guarantee oh, yeah. that you, if you see a price, they will tell you it's more money unless you go to finance with them. A thousand percent. And this is, I've gone to like a probably 10 car dealerships over the last two months. Every single place is the same. I went to one two days ago. And the price listed online was $16,000. And you know what the price, final price, all in they gave me was for the car? 22000 20. Yeah. And I talked them down to 20000 And then I just called the chick today and said, that's out of my budget. If you don't go down to 1800 then it's a yes, yes, no, no deal here. Well... You're you're dry, you're no pun intended driving these negotiations, brother. You you just can't deal with this shit. I, I really, I I can't stand it. It it's such a seedy fucking industry. Well, it just and- goes back to if these people, like you know, if they were at the top of their game, they would be selling fucking software or something where they make two hundred, three hundred, five hundred grand a year. Know- a hundred percent, but you also do know that clearly the reason they're continuing these tactics is because they, they capitalize work. enough. Oh yeah. yeah. Don't no, yeah. no doubt about it. And I tell people for every oh, one of you, they're getting two or three suckers that exactly. are like, Oh, I didn't know. And okay, plus they're great. they're making such stupid money on their margins because people unfortunately I wouldn't even call them dumb, I would just call them more ignorant to the game. Yeah. They're making so much money on their margins that if they shoot thirty percent with that tactic they're still probably far excelling their goals and it's sickening. And that's why whenever somebody's like, Oh, I want to buy a car with da 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 da. I'm like, yo, either you need to know this or like, I'll go with you. But like, you're like, if, if you're going into this blind to where it's like, Oh yeah, my mom and dad did it for me. And then I just leased the car. So the price was the price and whatever. Like, I'm like, you need to know this or else you're going to get dragged through the mud and you're going to end up paying four grand more for your car. Oh yeah. No, 100%. So I will offer um, my expertise to anybody locally that needs help, and I'm not even going to charge. Buy me a meal. Well, that is some semblance of charging, but I think it's a fair one. It's a uh, Yeah, but I'm great to have dinner with, so it's like... Yeah, that's true. So really, the way that you walk it back is you're paying for my meal, I'm giving you advice, and I'm a great hang, so... Precisely. It's it's truly a win-win across the board. Well, there you go. And maybe your voice is fully back. But I still think the sexy, uh, raspy voice of yours is, is getting the job done. Well, I'm in a zone right now where I, I really like how my voice sounds on the mic. And I almost might go back to the hospital and be like, can I get a procedure to just have my voice like this for yeah, the rest of my life? Yeah, as long as it doesn't hurt and it stays this 
this this octave, I'm good. Yeah. Now nah, it'll be back to normal by by next Wednesday, that's for sure. But yeah, Listen, you enjoy your lounging around aside Thanks. from football and basketball, which you've sworn off, so we're not going to do that. There is yeah, some I'm, golf I'm on. I'm really I, I'm really upset. Uh, I it, it takes a lot for me to make an impulsive text about a team, <laughs> particularly if it isn't one of the ones that you and I share, which is really only the Yankees. I I'm I am so checked out. When you kind of lost to your Johnnies and then the Nets have just gone on the spiral, um I can't continue to do this. Well, Sean, that's, I've got good news for you. I think P, the PGA Tour is on their third or fourth event, so you can start studying for that. And then I sent you some type the of clip about the Drive to Survive F1 golf version. Yeah, which I want is, to see how Brooks blows off his fiance and yeah. like, don't talk to me as he worries about his broken swing. I can't well, wait. It's coming up in, on February 15th, I think it premieres, so... That and I told Wait, you that Valentine's Day gift. That is a legitimate assignment. Like we are going to break that down on the pod, so I need you to watch that. Oh well, listen. If I continue to deal with whatever the Nets and, <laughs> and UConn are putting me through, uh, you don't have to worry about that. That is appointment viewing for me, and I'm going to be happy to break down anything that isn't those two teams. So. Well, Let's things go. are bleak, but the Giants are alive and well and in the playoffs, and they're playing tomorrow. So if that's if that's everything let's we have go. to say, let's go Giants and, and get some sleep, bro, and feel better. Let's go Giants. Thank you.